Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We hope this finds you well and we encourage you as always to share these with those that you know and love. Let's now take a moment to uh, get our minds in order and our spirits in a place where we can be responsive to God's word by listening to some beautiful music. of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture today comes from two places, uh, the Old and New Testaments. The first from the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verses 10 through 21. Hear the word of God. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamt that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. 
So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth to you. Our second lesson is from Paul's letter to the Romans, beginning at the 12th verse of chapter 6. Paul writes and says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become enslaved to righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your, of your limitations, but just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to even more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification." Where, when, were, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what fruit did you then gain from the things of which you now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the fruit you have leads to sanctification and the end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's an old gospel hymn that we used to sing in our children's choirs a long time ago called Jacob's Ladder. We also used to sing it at youth conferences I attended. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing Jacob's ladder. We are climbing Jacob's ladder, soldiers of the cross. Every rung goes higher, higher. Every round goes higher, higher. Every rung goes higher, higher, soldiers of the cross. Please excuse my singing voice. The song is a reference to this story that I read from Genesis. The wayward Jacob falls asleep and has a dream of a ladder stretching from earth to heaven and angels ascending and descending upon the ladder. It's a vision of great spiritual significance because it shows this journey that we're all on between earth and heaven and how the two realms are connected it matters what we do here because here is connected to up there. 
every rung upon which we step upon the ladder takes us closer and closer to the heavenly reality. Now, Paul, in his letter, talks about these <clears throat> two realities, heaven and earth, but in different terms, in terms of slavery and freedom, sin and obedience. That there were always on this ladder between our slavery to sin and the freedom that comes with our obedience. But it's obedience, not as an obedience that puts us in some sort of competition with other people like I'm more obedient than you or I'm better than you. Rather, it's an obedience in which we immerse ourselves deeper and deeper into the reality of God's grace. I think about the time when I was learning to swim. You know, when you learn to swim, you have to somehow grasp that your body alone is unable to be held up by the water. But if you know how to use your body, then the water ends up holding you up. But you have to learn how to engage the water in a way that the water holds you. And if you don't, well, you just slap at it and you sink. Well, I think freedom and obedience works the same way. We, we rise up the ladder, we kind of are held up on the ladder, not by what we have done, merely upon the grace of God. We allow God to grasp us and we worry less about the labor of climbing the rungs. More and more, it is God's doing, not our doing. And the more we try to accomplish, the more we try to work at it, why, the faster we sink. Paul says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, free gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord free. Did you hear that? No effort on our part. God does it all. Makes me think of one of the great short stories, perhaps the greatest short story I think I've ever read, a story called Revelation by Flannery O'Connor. It's about a woman named Mrs. Turpin who has become so convinced of her superiority, born of good behavior, at least good behavior in her mind, that she is now turned into this rather mean, pharisaical, and prejudiced woman. Woman, Everybody appears to be beneath her. And then at the end of the story, when she returns back to her farm, her hog farm, she has a revelation, and the story goes this way. Until the sun slipped finally behind the tree line, Mrs. Turpin remained there with her gaze bent to the hogs as if there was, there, she were absorbing some abysmal life-giving knowledge. At last she lifted her head, and there was only a purple streak in the sky cutting through a field of crimson and leading like an extension of the highway into the descending dusk. She raised her hands from the side of the pen in a gesture a profound gesture. A visionary light settled into her eyes and she saw the streak as a vast swinging bridge extending upward from earth through a field of living fire. Upon it, a, a vast horde of souls who were tumbling toward heaven. There were whole companies of white trash claimed for the first time in their lives and battalions of freaks and lunatics shouting and clapping and leaping like frogs. And bringing up the end of the procession was a tribe of people whom she recognized at once as those who, like herself and her husband, had always had a little of everything and the God-given wit to use it right. She leaned forward to observe them closer. 
They were marching behind the others with great, dig great dignity, accountable as they had always been for good order and common sense and respectable behavior. They alone were on key. Yet she could see by their shocked and altered faces that even their virtues were being burned away. She lowered her hands and gripped the rails of the hog pen, her eyes small but fixed unblinkingly on what lay ahead. In a moment the vision faded, but she remained where she was immobile. At length she got down and turned off the faucet and made her slow way on the darkening path to the house. In the woods around her and the invisible cricket choruses had struck up, but what she heard were the voices of the souls climbing upward into the starry field and shouting, Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be something if that's how we saw this Jacob's Ladder, this bridge to heaven, filled with every tribe and nation, drawing closer and closer, higher and higher, through no virtue of our own, but only through the free gift of grace, that takes us into eternity. Let us pray. O oh Lord, despite our self-righteousness, welcome us onto the bridge, draw us higher up the ladder, and burn even our virtues away. Amen. <laughs>